everyone and welcome to episode one of What We're Watching in Conversation With, a spin-off to my regular podcast, What We're Watching, which will see me chat to a guest from the television and film industry all about their lives, their careers, how lockdown has been for them, just everything. And it's going to be slightly different to what we're watching in the fact that it's going to be less about what's currently on TV, the latest recommendations, what actors and actresses are up to at the moment. In Conversation With will give me a chance to chat to these guests about their careers as a whole, what they've done when they were younger, what they're doing now, what they've done in between, just everything. And it's going to be really interesting and I hope you all enjoy it. She's best known for dealing with dramas as hairdresser Ali Henshaw in Cutting It, playing Anna Rampton in W1A and, of course, Evil Bancroft. I joined the lovely and highly talented actress Sarah Parrish to chat all things from ITV axing Bancroft, starring in Harlan Coben's next hit Netflix series and her memories of singing and dancing with David Tennant in Blackpool. Thank you for speaking to me. It's, it's such a right. pleasure. Can I start just by asking you how lockdown has been? I understand you've been homeschooling your daughter at the same time. So what's it been like managing your career and this? And doing that. Well, do you know what? We, um, I've got to be honest, we are in a very lucky position, um, my husband and I. We're both actors. And for that very reason, we have a nanny who lives here with us. Um, so I'd love to say that I've been a, a long-suffering homeschooling mum, but that would be an absolute lie. Uh, Sarah, our fabulous nanny, do, really does most of the, nearly all of the homeschooling, actually. And um, in this particular lockdown, Nell is now at the age where she, you know, they're all Zooms, the, the classes. So, um, so you know, we just set her off and she, and she does her own thing, which is good. Uh, the first lockdown, though, we all did muck in a bit more um, and and Nell's learning was a bit more practical. So we all had to do our bit, which was quite fun. I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, I'm terrible at maths, so I, I couldn't do that, obviously. But I'm sure you and your husband, obviously, both being actors, your daughter must have the best homeschooling drama <laughs> lessons in the country. Does she want to follow on like you both, career-wise, or go to um, something completely I different? Didn't know. She doesn't really know what she wants to do yet. Um, she, you want to, she wants to be a vet. She's just said Lovely, she wants to be a vet. Yeah. Got lots of animals. Um, d- she's very, very good at drama. Um, the school that she's at at the moment put her up for two scholarships for the schools that oh, she's wow. going for: one sports scholarship and one drama. So you know, we know that she's good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she wants to do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think if you do want to go into the career in the arts you've got to really really want to do it because it's so difficult and so yeah. competitive 94% of the people in our business don't work mm. you know so it's you you've got to be very you know very focused and very driven but but you know what I didn't really I didn't put my mind to it till I was a little bit older so maybe she want, I think it'll slot into place for now and she'll suddenly yeah. go oh I really want to do this she'll probably do a production at the next school she does and then goes oh I, I love it you know yeah 
what have been the positives that have come out of lockdown for you? Have you been able to work on things that you might not have had time to do otherwise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of positives, really. And I always feel slightly guilty saying that because it's such a horrible pandemic. But the first lockdown was positive in many ways. Um, you know, just to spend that amount of time with Nell was great. You know, I never get to do that. And my husband as well, we never really get to do that. And, you know, it was lovely weather. We got to do all sorts of things that we wouldn't usually do and hang out. And it was great. Um, On the work front, there are always underlying projects that haven't been greenlit or need working on. And um, during the first lockdown, I discovered um, a series of books that um, by, a, by a fairly unknown writer, I can't say who it is yet because um, the contracts aren't finished, but yeah. that I thought that I really, really liked and ended up optioning all these books, which is great. So hopefully in the future, they, you know, we can make that, that series of books into a, a series, a TV series, yeah. which would be great. Um, I'm also working on a project with Hugh Bonneville, who's a, was in WNA with me. Yeah. So we managed to get quite a lot of work done on that, which was good. Um, and then by sort of October, work started happening again. And of course, there were all the things that we were pulled off at the beginning of the year we had to catch up on. So, yeah. you know, we, we were back to work and this year is quite busy because of that, because there's such a backlog of work. You know, we, we're, we're back on it, really, which is, which is great. I'm not complaining, yeah. you know. As you say, then there was a big chunk of time where people weren't able to do anything and the arts took obviously a massive knock from that all the theatres being shut down and the plays not being able to take place what do you believe the government could have done and should still do to support the arts during the lockdown and the lockdown that's happening at the moment oh I don't even get me started (laughs) I mean I find it ludicrous I you know after the first lockdown that they didn't open the theatres but I mean I understand that probably a lot of people wouldn't have gone but if you could sit on a plane for a breast yeah take the mask off and eat a tuna sandwich you know next to a complete stranger why can't you sit in the theatre in silence facing the front you know yeah. and watch a play I don't think that the arts have been given anywhere near enough money um all the you know you look at Germany you look at France they've they've got three four times more money than we have got from our government it's it's almost like we really have been shunted to the bottom of the pile and mm. and for theatre actors especially it has been you know it it, it has mean, meant that a huge percentage of them have had to retrain and do other jobs and that you know when you go into a career like acting it isn't a job it's a vocation you know it's mm. not kind of like well I think I'll I'll do it. It's something that you you have to do. You know, it, you, you, it's a, your oxygen. For that to be taken away uh, is appalling, I think. And I think the government really, really should have supported. I mean, you know, we're so well known for our theatre and our arts. You know, the West End is, is world renowned as, as a, you know, a, a place to go and watch great theatre. And it's been dark now for nearly a year. So I, I really do hope that we can get those theatres open as soon as possible and that the government, you know, plough money into the arts. It's so important. Yeah, I completely agree. Definitely. I love the theatre and can't yeah. wait for them to be back open again. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. And obviously another thing, along with the theatres and the arts that have obviously taken a massive knock, have been charities and fundraising. And I've seen on your social media quite a lot your ladies' quiz night and your Christmas party you did over Zoom for the Murray Parish Trust. But how have you 
felt the impact on your fundraising over the last year with the lockdown and the pandemic? Um, it's been it's been quite brutal, really, for small charities. We have managed to stay afloat amazingly, and we're we're doing okay. But I know of many charities that have gone under. Um, we had to cancel all of our um, events. So we had a ball, we had um, an Easter egg hunt, we had a bluebell walk. Uh, we had an art trail, but we've, we've moved that now to 2022 because we just thought it's not worth taking the risk. You know? yeah. So we managed to kind of juggle everything we had and move it and push it and push it. But it just meant that the year that's gone, we, we did make money, but it was not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the girls' night and the Christmas party, you know, they, I mean, compared to the money we make with balls and, and the usual events, it was, it was a pittance, but it was enough to pay the staff. So yeah. we didn't have to furlough anyone. You know, we made sure that we cut back on their hours and they just did, as, you know, everything they could within a very short amount of time. But we didn't have to furlough anyone. We kept going. Um, but we, we have taken a knock. There's no doubt about that. And more than us as a charity, it's the people that we reach out to for donations like trusts and grants or high net worth individuals. At the moment, they haven't got the capacity to give. So, you know, it, it's a big, horrible circle that we're in, really, until the pandemic finishes we won't be able to start that ball rolling again of, of, of getting money from trusts and grants and people who make large donations. All of that has gone. So we're just sort of hanging, hanging on by the skin of our teeth, but we are hanging on. Yeah. And, you know, we are making progress in different ways. The great thing about the Murray Parish Trust is we're very adaptable and we're very young, fresh charity. So when something like this happened, we all just sort of sat down on Zoom and went, right, we need to find other ways of doing things. We need to approach other people. We need to go, you know, straight to into businesses and go, can you do favours in kind rather than give us money? You know, all that kind of stuff. So we, we'll, we'll be all right. But it's been a tricky old year. Yeah, yeah, it certainly has. But I'm sure something that has cheered people up in this tricky year was cutting it, being added to BBC iPlayer. I didn't watch it. I couldn't bear to rewatch it because I would have been so young and lovely then. I just I've thought, never watched oh. it before, but I, I did binge it when it came out on iPad. I loved it. Well, you wouldn't yeah. have been born, probably. Well, how old are you? I'm 18. Yeah, it was probably, you would have been three or two or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I should rewatch it, really. And Jim and I sort of flirted with rewatching it. And then we both went, now. it'd be too depressing. To see us all lovely and young and, you know, no, no arthritis. So, <laughs> I couldn't bear it. But, it, you know, it might be something to rewatch. And it's really funny. I got a huge response through um, Twitter from people that had watched it and watched it again or just watched it for the first time yeah. and really liked it. So it's obviously stood the test of time, which is quite good. Yeah, it was, it was fabulous. But obviously when I was watching it and I see on social media that you've met your husband through it and a lot of your close friends so yeah what was it like to work on compared to other things you've worked on that allowed you to form such close bonds with the rest of the cast for all actors really the jobs that they do in their 20s and 30s that's where you meet your big group of friends really and you well it certainly was for me and just that time in cutting it was quite an extraordinary time because we were all I think Amanda was splitting up from Les Dennis at the time and all of us were single and that was quite, and we're quite a formidable bunch of birds. <laughs> so, you know, there would just be this sort of group of single girls 
in Manchester, having a brilliant time in a show that was all about Manchester. So, yeah. you know, we could go wherever we wanted. It was a, just a great, those four years were such a good laugh. And I, yeah, and, you know, the relationships have lasted, I think, because yeah. of the, the experiences we had together. It was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, you, 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 have, you have one job like that in your life, I think, when you make that amount of friends and stick with them. And, it, and, it, and I think it helped that, you know, we were all from London, so we all had to move up there. Yeah. And we would all live in the same bunch of flats, you know, so we were together constantly. It was in, and it was in the days where it took a lot longer to film a series. So we'd be up there for six months a year. So, you know, it was a long, it was good. It was great fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so lovely, though, hearing something like that when people properly bond on a show. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great. Another thing that I really loved that you were in was Bancroft. Yeah. But unfortunately, I read recently that the ITV haven't renewed it for a third series, which no. is really disappointing. Were you disappointed when you heard this? And were you looking forward to exploring the character more? Or did you believe mm. it came to the natural conclusion? I don't know, really. I was in two minds about it. I really liked playing Bancroft. Mm. It was a tough job. Um, you know, it wasn't a fun job to do yeah. because it was mostly night shoots. They always filmed it in the depths of winter up in Bolton. And it, so it was a pretty unglamorous, cold, you know, and because she was such a insular, hard character, you know, a lot of her stuff was on her own. So I never really got to hang out with anyone. <laughs> so I, I, my memories of doing Bancroft is sort of three months of being pretty down, you know, and pretty co always cold, always tired. But having said that, she was a really interesting character. And I know that people really got into it and really enjoyed it. So I was disappointed when they didn't commission it. I think they could have given it another go. Um, but I understand the way TV works. And the second series just didn't get the figures. They put it on on New Year's Day, which is you'd think would be actually a very, really good time to put something on. But it's actually a really bad slot, New Year's Day. Um, and it was up against Dracula on the BBC by uh, Stephen Moffat, who's a great writer. And we both got under three million viewers each, which is awful, you know. So I just think, yeah, I, it, they, they, their heart wasn't in it. And if you, you know, if you're working with ITV and they're not behind it, you don't really want to go ahead with it. So I was, I was, yeah, I was 50-50. Part of me was glad and I thought, OK, well, we'll just close that door. And the other part is always sad when a character's killed off, you know. Yeah. Do you prefer to play a character like Bancroft? Do you prefer a more villainous role? I like to play nice people. <laughs> I just don't really get to play them that much. Yeah, I really like playing sort of nice people. But I do, but I do get, you know, the majority of my roles are, you know, not very nice people. But I did Medici and she was lovely. And I loved playing that part. You know, I loved playing somebody who was very maternal and lovely and loving and kind. But obviously you get cast a lot by the way you look, you know, and I haven't got a particularly sort of like, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm quite, you know, I'm quite hard, I'm quite cheekbony, quite hard looking. And I think, you know, people do tend to cast you by the way you look. But I still get nice parts, you know, the next job I'm doing, she's really nice. And, um, you know, I've, I've had parts where I have played people that are, are great and I really enjoy them, probably because I don't get to do them that much. But... I, a lot of people will say it's great to play the villain because they always get the best lines and yeah. they kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely the most memorable anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I've been really pleased to hear that you are going to be in the next Netflix drama, Stay Close. 
Yeah. Um, and obviously Harlan Coben's other recent Netflix dramas, Safe and the Stranger, have been incredibly popular. And I yeah. love both of them. Are you hoping that this show will have as great a success as the others? And are you able to share what role you'll be taking on yet or not? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think I can because, hang on, let me just see. I have to go and have a look at Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> because um, it, they might have said that I'm in it, but they won't have said who I am. So I don't think I can. But it's a great part. It's a really good part. And uh, I, I really hope that Stay Close is a successful. I mean, The Stranger was huge, wasn't yeah. it? It's funny because I've, I've read The Stranger and I've read Stay Close. Stay Close has got a very different feel to it than a lot of Harlan Coben stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I really like it. It's quite risky and it's quite out there. It's quite unusual and it's actually quite funny, uh, which really drew me to it because I quite like that mix of, of yeah. thriller and funny characters. It, the actual story is not funny, but the people in it have got quite a lot of humour in them. Mm. It, it is a big story. You know, it's quite a theatrical story. So it's slightly different, but I hope people go with it. I really do because it's... I love it. I think it's great. And I've yeah. read, I've, I haven't read all the scripts. I've read five of them so far, but they're brilliant. And we started the read-throughs on Monday. So I'll get to um, see uh, Jimmy Nesbitt, who I know really well. He's in it. And I'll meet Kush Jumbo and Richard Armitage, which is great. And Eddie Izzard's just signed onto it as well. So I think there's only about six of us because of the pandemic. Yeah. Usually you do read-throughs on Zoom now, but they've managed to you know we're all going to get a test before and, and they're going yeah. to put six of us I think in the room together which will be amazing yeah I mean, in a room with a bunch of actors for yonks so it'll be really exciting to hear it come off the page well I'm definitely looking forward to watching it when it's out and yeah. you must have been quite busy because I've also read that you're going to be one of the number of stars in the next series of McDonald and Dodds and yes. inside number nine as well yeah so I filmed um McDonald's and Dodds just before Christmas um that started uh in November and my husband is a regular in that so it was quite nice to be in the same show as Jim because uh, we hadn't been on set together for 16 years so yeah. it was quite nice we got a little scene together um yeah it's a very very funny character she's quite big <laughs> it's a quite a theatrical show McDonald's and Dodds or especially this episode uh, but it was really, really good fun to do. And I got to work opposite a friend of mine called Rashan Stone, who I hadn't seen for a long time. Um, and I got to work with Jason again, of course, who I did trolleyed with. Um, so it was love. It was a really nice job to do out of the lockdowns because I hadn't worked since March. And I was a bit, you just get a bit out of practice. So it was nice to go back to a family, really, people yeah. that I knew. I know Mammoth, uh, the production company, really well. And uh, it felt very comfortable and safe. And then after that, I had to finish off Inside Number Nine, uh, which I had started in March 2020 and got pulled off on the 19th. So I did three days on the 17th, 18th and 19th of March 2020. And then I did three days <laughs> in January in 21. <laughs> and then I'll put them together and hopefully you won't see that we've all put on a bit of weight. <laughs> Yeah, because I've read that it had had a massive break in the middle of filming due to the pandemic. When you went back to filming, did you have to then film socially distanced? Uh, no, we bubbled as a cast. Okay, yeah. You all get tested and you stick in that bubble, which had to happen in that because we are a sort of family unit in it. Because inside number nine, there's only like five of us. But with the bigger casts, 
you bubble with the person that you have most lines with. I would sort of bubble probably in stay close with maybe Jimmy Nesbitt one day and we would just stick together, but we wouldn't be able to go and see the other cast. It's very complicated the way it works now. And it takes, a, you know, there's more time, it costs a lot more money, but it works and we yeah. are making it work, which is great. So, and it feels safe. Yeah, and at least you're getting to see other people. Yeah. yeah. And I've got one last question. What has been the best thing you've ever worked on, be it film, television, a theatre production? What's been the best thing? Oh, oh, I always get asked this and I always think I must come up with a really good answer and I never do. I really loved working on Blackpool, which you, again, you won't remember, you would have been a baby at the time. Um, It was a TV series with me and David Tennant and David Morrissey. And it was a musical that on TV. And that was really, really, really good fun. That was probably the the best fun I've had in actually doing a show. Do you know what I mean? Because we got to sing and dance and I love singing and dancing. And it's what I was brought up doing. I was brought up doing musicals. So to be able to do singing and dancing on TV kind of ticked every single box that I've ever wanted to do. Try and find find it if you can and watch it. It's great. It's really, really good. So that was the most fun I've had on set. So you said that was with David Tennant. Was it true that you kept getting cast alongside David Tennant? He was one of your quite regular co-stars. Yeah, I've worked with David five times now. I'm not always cast opposite each other. We were cast opposite each other in Blackpool, cast opposite each other in um, Recovery, which was a great one-off film about a guy who has a really bad brain injury. Uh, Then, obviously, Doctor Who. I was the big red spider. (laughs) Then uh, we were cast together in a film called You, Me and Him, but we didn't have any... Oh, actually, we had one scene when we were together. Then he was the voiceover for W1A, so we didn't really see each other. So really, we've only been cast opposite each other three times. Still quite a lot, though. Still quite a lot, yeah. Thank you very much for speaking to me. It's been such a pleasure. You've been so lovely. Oh, thank you, Grace. Well, thanks for interviewing me. I enjoyed it. Good luck. Thank you so much for joining me for episode one of my spin-off podcast, What We're Watching In Conversation With. Join me back here for episode two, where I'm going to be joined by Mamma Mia 2 star Alexa Davies.